Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor. And the Jerry to his Tom. Jake. <laughs> Gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. And you can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. And this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. And information along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, yesterday, uh, kind of seeing some of that good and bad variants both, right? You know, buzzer beaters for me went three and one. That was good. The game breakdowns went two and two. That's okay. The A plays, though, on the other side of that, those overtime A plays went 0 and three. So a little bit of good and bad variance within the same uh, game. IUPUI still only has six guys and managed to play way over their head. So, I mean, that was, I think, a surprise to literally everyone, right? Yeah. Maybe that tryout was extra motivation. The coach trying to motivate his players. Like, hey, your scholarship might not be here next year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Jake, you had a great day yesterday. Your game breakdowns went 3-1. and one. The buzzer beaters 3-0. and oh. uh, Hey, I got both Virginia Tech and the under, which was a lot of fun, right? Saying I didn't know which one I liked, and then both of That's always fun. Uh, Jake, what did you want to talk about from yesterday? Man, the St. Louis, uh, so close to a perfect day. If they just yep. didn't start off so slow and then end the first half on that twenty-one to six run, like yeah, I thought I thought fo- twenty-one to six. Yeah. I thought I thought football was over, right? Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> everyone told me football was football. over. See, twenty-one to six. I mean, come on, yeah, that's so hard to overcome in a basketball game. And now, yeah, like it was just ah, this close. Yep. Uh, yep. But then Dayton. After I trashed both teams for their free throws, somehow hit the free throws to cover, which yep. thank the Lord they did. But uh, I mean, ooh. and then Creighton, whew, that was fun getting bailed out by a Patrick Ewing T at the end of a game when it didn't matter. And then had his team still fouling down 10 with like 10, 20 seconds left. Like some weird coaching decisions there got, got me to the cover. And I, so thank you, Patrick. I know he's. Yeah. <laughs> It was a wild ending if you uh, had a side on that game. If you listened to me on that one for the total of the day, you got an easy win. So that was a little bit easier sailing for me than it was for you, Jake. Uh, but before we get today's slight reminder, uh, please like and subscribe, follow, rate. We appreciate all of those things and they help us out greatly. Drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. Tonight we're going to get started with a game at uh, it says six on the screen. That's off an hour. It's seven Eastern, six Central. Wake Forest at Duke. Duke is a 10.5 point favorite. I'm taking the under 149.5. The model makes it 147. I see this having a hard time getting up to 150. Wake has been a little bit of an over team, but Duke has been under my numbers. I think that kind of balances out. And we often talk about styles, uh, matchups, things like that, not just looking at the numbers. In a situation like this where Wake is going to be reliant on one guy, uh, Duke having a good game plan, being able to kind of force them into the game they want to play is going to be a little bit slower of a pace than Wake, who Wake wants to get more up into the 80s. I don't think Duke's going to allow Wake to score that many points to get in that sort of a game. Jake, my question for you is, can Duke cover that big number of 10.5? I think they do it at home. They are a very good team. You get the crowd going into it. 
when you get everything going like that, I think Duke is going to roll this Wake Forest team. They they are a terrible matchup for this Wake Forest team. They they're so dependent on Alondis Williams, who's a great player, but as we've talked about in the past, between Trevor Kills and Wendell Moore and Paolo and AJ Griffin, that is it's so hard to find open shots around those guys because they're so athletic and so long. And then with Mark Williams and Theo John cleaning up anything that gets by them, it's it's really tough to score. I have one guy be so dependent on one guy. You've got to be able to work work around them and pass the ball to score. And I think Duke is has they been struggling put it like keeping the gas in their foot on the gas and letting some of these teams get back in. And I think Coach K and John Shire are going to be all over that for these few games, knowing how to finish games because that's going to be huge coming these tournaments in March and stuff. There's all sorts of crazy comebacks that happen, so they're going to be really forcing that, so I think they do, might try to run them out of the building this game just to prove they can keep that foot down. All right, all right, so Jake likes Duke. I like the under in that one. At 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, Villanova is a four-point road favorite at Providence, total of 130. That total feels about right for me. Villanova plays pretty slow. Providence doesn't really want to run up-tempo. I'm taking Villanova minus four as a B pick. The model thinks they win by a little more than five on average. Going against Providence is a little scary. Uh, They feel a lot like Marquette. And of course, when Providence played Marquette, that was a fantastic game. And depending on what number you got, uh, you might have pushed, right? So there's there's a lot of similarities there, especially just how well they've played, how much they've covered. But again, the number catches up eventually. I think this is the spot that it's caught up to Providence. I backed them a lot, but I think they're getting a little bit too much respect here. As hot as they've been, I know that they are um, out in front of the Big East. I still think Villanova is a much better team. So I'm going to trust the numbers on that, lay the four with Villanova, even though it's on the road. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Villanova. My play is Villanova. I'm not overly thrilled with it reluctantly on point, Villanova <laughs> yeah, yeah this, uh, at some point this Providence team like the luck metric and everything is going to catch up they're they're finally going against a team that's fully healthy um this Villanova team's been slumping a, re- a bit recently but, but I think they break out of that I think they hit hit their threes I think they play their good defense and the biggest part with them struggling here recently is the turnovers have gone up they average a little less than nine on the year in the last three, they've been up to almost 13. So I think that comes back to normal and takes some possessions away from uh, Providence. And Providence isn't the greatest offensive team in the world. So I think they are going to struggle a little bit, especially with these very veteran guards that Villanova has. And the fact that they hit, they're the best free throw shooting team in the, in the nation. I think they hit up close to 86% of their free throws. So I think it's close, and I think it gets down to the end. It's probably like a two-point two game. Uh, Villanova, two- or three-point game, Villanova gets fouled, hits their free throws, and Providence misses the three and maybe repeats that one or twice and to get us right over the line. All right, all right. I like that prediction there. Oddly specific. We'll see exactly how, how, how close you can come to that, right? The, the more specific you get, the more likely you look crazy, but the more likely you are to nail it perfectly and look like a genius, right? So I, I like it. I like the, I like the confidence there. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the late slot, we've got Wisconsin at Indiana, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Indiana is a three and a half point home favorite, total of 131. 
Uh, I don't see either team really wanting to play up tempo. I think that number's a little bit too high. The model makes it more like 130. I kind of think under 130 makes a lot of sense even there. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and lock in an under 131.5 there. Jake, uh, small number. So obviously you have the possibility that Indiana wins a tight one, but a lot of this is going to come down to who wins. Do you think Wisconsin can go on the road? Do you think they can hang in there and maybe get that road victory? I do, I do. I've been struggling a little bit recently, but I, I so is Indiana. And mm-hmm. Indiana's a defensive first team. They're not that great offensive, and they've got some weird things going on with the team with the play, five players being suspended right before the Northwestern game, which was nice of them to let us know until tip. But that was that was yeah. very nice. Um, but so, <laughs> but I mean, like, there's not a great matchup for Trace Jackson Davis, but he doesn't have the guard help to get him the ball, um, and I think. Wisconsin, with the way they take care of the ball, Indiana's going to have to do something that not many teams have done all year and force uh, Wisconsin in the 10, 12, 13 turnovers to kind of get things going because if Wisconsin can walk the ball down the floor, run Johnny Davis off a bunch of screens, he's going to be able to find Brad Davidson or score or Tyler Wall, any one of those guys, or just carry the team like he did at the first part of the year. And I don't think Indiana's got a matchup for him, and I think that's the big difference, especially with Tennessee being hurt. That also shortens the bench for uh, for Indiana, and that's just not a good combo because they, they are really going to need to bring the pressure, and it's just not, not going to happen tonight. Yep, yep. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Wisconsin, a team that, from what I've seen of them just from the eye test, a team that can kind of play a little faster if you want to play a little slower if you want to. They kind of can go either way. They're not like a we have to play this way or we have to play the other way. Like Sydney and being a defensive first team, um, I don't think that I don't think that frustrates Wisconsin, right? The, some some teams, yeah. you know, you might can get them out of their style, but I think Wisconsin's kind of just happy playing either way. So I don't think it's really a, like you said. I don't think it's a bad matchup for Wisconsin in this spot. Uh, getting three, three and a half points there. Yeah, I think they're yeah, more. Okay. Yeah, so, so you kind of think like they can run a little bit. Maybe that's not what they want to do, but they will if you make them. Um, yeah. Yep, yep. I think I think you're right there. Um, so, again, I've got the under on that game, and then Jake is taking the three and a half with Wisconsin. The game of the night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, Kentucky at Tennessee. Yesterday, Tennessee was about a two-point favorite. They've dropped to a one-point favorite. Totals 140 and a half. I'm going to go under. I hope you like unders today. I've got three unders for you in our game breakdowns here. The model makes it 139. So I see it having a harder time getting to 140. Obviously, fouls late could happen. Overtime could happen. These things are possibilities. But on average, this is a really big game. Every possession matters. I think teams, especially uh, starting off you know, the first few minutes, and then I think most of the second half are going to be uh, really careful to try to get the best look possible. I don't see... Uh, you know, obviously there will be a couple of runs. Both these teams can get up and down a little bit, but I don't see it being just up and down the entire game. I think this is one where the coaches are going to, you know, every time out kind of say, hey, let's settle in. You know, it's a heavyweight fight, that sort of thing. And so I think the ender makes a lot of sense here. Uh, Tennessee being only a one point favorite, more or less, you're just picking who wins. So, Jake, who wins this uh, game of the night? I'm taking Tennessee. I think at home, the extra motivation of getting absolutely run out of the gym and rough. Plus, yeah. Tennessee's been playing really well, especially offensively. I mean, their defense hasn't moved. They, they're still a top-10 defensive efficiency team. They force 19 turnovers a game at home, which is just ridiculous. Um, 
And so I think all that stays the same, and their offense has been coming around. Josiah Jordan-James has been playing incredible. He's finally figured out if he drives the ball, he can score because it's a shorter shot than shooting the three ball, which just helps That's, the three ball because the, more people back off. The math does check out on that. You are correct. Yes, if you drive and get closer to the basket, it is a, a shorter and easier shot than further away. That's, that's true. Yeah. So so he's figured that out. We've got Zakai Ziegler, who has been playing just unreal, and it's just so much fun watching this 5'9 guy make people look foolish. Um, and, and Kentucky's not also not playing at full strength. You've got Ty Ty, who got hurt hurt the same knee or on the same leg they got hurt with the Auburn game and he was the leading scorer in the last game um, the last matchup with Tennessee uh, and then Toppin is also questionable and I don't think he played in their last game so they're not playing at full strength and even if those guys come back they're not at 100% and there's no way that Kentucky repeats that shooting performance hitting almost 65% from the floor and 50 over 50 from three I don't, they're not going to repeat that, I think, and I think Tennessee's going to be angry. It should be a raucous cl- uh, crowd because to the Tennessee fans always get up for this Kentucky game because it's like chance to beat Big Brother. Um, yep. So I think it'll be just incredible game, so much fun to watch, and I think Tennessee pulls it out in a really tight one. Yep. And as you're looking at that injury news, you know, cousin Jared on the college football podcast would always joke that, you know, sometimes like we can get the professor's office hours, right? So just, just a quick little educational segment. Just remember, we talked about this a little bit on the pod before, but remember when you hear that a guy with an injury is coming back, you, you know, it's scary to say you think they'll come right back in on something like this if, if they're questionable day up and be 100%, right? So like you mentioned, some of the guys, that they, they might play, but you have to imagine that they're only at 70%, 80%, or they might have limited minutes or something like that. So you kind of have to try to balance that out. You obviously never know some guys come right back in and score 30, but a lot of times the guy comes back in that first game, doesn't look sharp, uh, you know, um, or still reeling from an injury suffered in the previous game, something like that. So it's something to consider. It's not a binary, yes, the guy's playing, boom, he's 100%, or no, he's not, it's 0%. It's often somewhere in between if he does play. And so with a couple guys being questionable for Kentucky, I think that's something to consider that you have to ding them a little bit. Even if they play, that doesn't mean jump on Kentucky because if they're announced they're going to play, they may not be 100%. They almost assuredly won't be 100% and or might have minutes limits or something like that. So just something to keep in mind uh, as, as you potentially hear some injury news throughout the day. Yeah, especially with basketball, there's not like with football or baseball, you've got like the minor leagues where they can work their way back up or football. There's several practices throughout the week. Right. Like they played Saturday, so they've had maybe one one full practice. And if he's not going, there's there's a lot of rut. There could be rust there. There's like game plan stuff he could be off on. So it's a lot of little extra factors with basketball. So it's how fast they play the next game. Yep, yep, absolutely. That moves us to our eight plays of the day. I've got two for you here. We're going to have to turn these around yesterday. Again, really disappointing. So hopefully these two work better. I'll do like Saturday, Jake. I'll give you a second uh, to say a reaction sentence uh, here if you have anything to say. Uh, first one, a play of the day here, seven Eastern, six Central, VCU. I locked in minus six at Fordham yesterday. The number's out to seven and a half now. So shameless twitter plug you know follow me on twitter i'll tweet when i'm locking picks in they'll be loaded in that sheet so you could have seen that and gotten the number it moved up even pretty quickly after i took it uh but you still could have gotten a six and a half it was still seven last night off the seven and a half this morning i never know where it's going to go uh i never I, I rarely try to predict that because it's really hard to know exactly what people will do with their money especially in college basketball where you know smaller amounts of money can can move a line uh, but in, in general, what I will say for you listener out there, if you, if, you, if you didn't see that and you're listening to it now, in general, most of the time what I have noticed is that 
not all line moves are great. Not all line moves should be followed. But what I've noticed is most of the time, if I have a strong play on a team and the number moves that direction, you generally still want to follow it. It works out better more times than not. And so in general, I still recommend VCU if that number keeps going because I think there's a lot to like about them. Uh, I don't know if you have anything you want to add about VCU, Jake. Yeah, I really like this VCU team. They they are a very solid team. I don't know how much they're going to make a different make noise in the, at, towards the end of the year with March and the conference tournament. But I re, I really they're a very solid team and they're really coming on towards the end of the year. All right, all right. And then the A plus play of the day, late slot nine Eastern eight Central Iowa State plus four at TCU. I like the Cyclones here to either keep it close or get the road win. I will point out that my numbers did a really good job adjusting to Iowa State early. And we backed Iowa State, made a lot of money. But then they backed off a little bit and didn't over-adjust. And I think it's important because if you if you just use the season numbers, you probably would have been still on Iowa State night after night. And they've really struggled. So my numbers did a really good job of balancing how well they played early with the prior information that we knew coming into the season that they weren't, they weren't going to be a top-10 team. As much as they looked like one early in the season, that that was a little bit of a small sample size. My numbers have done a great job with Iowa State. I think this is a valuable spot here getting four points with Iowa State because I think this is anyone's game. I think both teams are going to want, uh, you know, need a, need a victory here. Uh, but I think you're getting you're getting some good value here with either four points in your back pocket or some nice plus odds on the money line if you think Iowa State can pull out the win there. Yeah, this, this isn't a game I want to watch. It's going to be a defensive slow battle. It's at a time where really I, I just – both these teams are struggling. They might, like I would say, I think it's locked their bid in the March. So other than that, there's no really reason to pay attention. Unless yep. you got All right, and that out. takes exactly. Well, hey, that's the 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 reason to pay attention to any of them, right? <laughs> Which takes yeah. us into the talk me out of segment, Jake. Uh, we kind of switched this up yesterday. I gave you a chance to talk me out of the play that I was uh, up at the air on that you disagreed with, and you did. You talked me out of Rhode Island. Dayton got us to the window, so kudos to you. Uh, you are 4-0 now in this segment. Um, I, you know, We're getting to the point where you can just tout your record, drop your mic, and that's all the defense you need, but I'm not going to let you do that just yet. The game we're going to talk about in this one is Memphis at Cincinnati. The model thinks Memphis should only be a one-point favorite, and right now it is two-and-a-half or three, depending on where you shop jake talk me out of cincinnati plus three or plus two and a half okay like you said i'm four and oh i've been picking my spots pretty well um but the cincinnati team they've already played once memphis won by seven and like they just forced a pace upon a team because they play so frenetic and it's not all the time like actual good basketball it's just running around crazy just chaos Um, yeah, and uh, and I think Cincinnati struggles with that. They're not a very good offensive team by any any stretch. Um, in their last game, they turned the ball over eighteen times, and that that is a formula to lose every time. If you're up close to twenty turnovers, that there's not enough possessions for you to score a lot of points. Even though they did put up eighty to Memphis's eighty-seven, and then they hit fifty-three percent of their threes last time, and almost half of them came from Davenport. So if Penny has got any coaching inning at all. He's not going to let that happen again. And also in the last few years, going back a few years, Penny's teams have closed strong. Now I don't know why that is, but they've, they're winning about 60 to 70% of the last like 10, 15 games in each year. So that they're, they're closing strong, whether that puts them in the tournament or not, it's a different story. The Cincinnati teams have been 
little struggling here recently. They're not scoring the ball well, and I think that's the biggest difference is they they can't do enough to dominate the pace. Memphis gets them playing too fast. They turn the ball over too much, and with a short number, Memphis will cover the three, three and a half when you need them to cover. Okay. Okay. Interesting points. I feel like uh, I feel like your heart wasn't really in that. I feel like you trying to back Memphis was a little bit. You know, yesterday I, I felt it. I you talk about Dayton, and I was like, yeah, that makes I, you're really on Dayton. I feel like you're kind of like, I guess I'll take Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> How accurate is that statement? Yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty accurate. This one hurts a little bit. It's not like I've been dogging Memphis all year. I just it's more of I don't like Cincinnati and I don't like the pace that they're going to have to play it. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, we talked about in this segment, you know, going forward here. Sometimes I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, you're gonna talk me out of it. Sometimes you aren't. Sometimes I'll, I'll shift and take a total because you've kind of talked me out of both sides. I, I think I'm sticking with Cincinnati in this one, so I'm, I'm gonna go head to head with you again tonight. I think this is a better spot here. Uh, the reason why I think one of the key things you said was that uh, if Penny Hardaway has some good coaching in him, here's where he could do it. I'm like, well, there you go. I don't think he does. Thus, <laughs> I don't think he can do that next thing. So yesterday you talked me out of Rhode Island. Today you did not. I'm sticking with Cincinnati. Um, uh, I'm locking in plus three at my book, Jake. You have Memphis minus two now. So we both can – I can push and you can win. So we can still have some good yeah. outcomes there. But I still think Cincinnati's the side to be on. So uh, we'll see how that goes tonight. Uh, no, both of these picks will roll into our buzzer beater records. That's where we're going next. I don't know if I should put them there, game breakdowns, whatever. It'll be on our record somewhere, wherever I put it. All of these things are tracked in the sheet just for your information. Uh, speaking of buzzer beaters, I've got three for you here today. The best B-side uh, – my best B-side and second best B-side both hit yesterday. The second one being the uh, uh, UCF pick that we talked about yesterday. So uh, that's exciting for the B-sides picking those out. The one I've got for you tonight, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Eastern Michigan, I think they can win at Central Michigan. That number is right around 0-1 on either side. So I think Eastern Michigan gets it done there. Uh, I got to plug your nose and play anyway game late, late, late if you're interested, if you're staying up for it. A 11 Eastern, 10 Central. San Jose State plus 15 at Nevada. Nevada, uh, very up and down team this year. You never know what you're going to get for them. They looked really good with Surfield back. Um, recently, San Jose State is really bad. It's just so many points. I just got to trust taking all those points. It, it kind of reminds me, it's the it's the much weaker version of that St. Mary's-Gonzaga game this weekend. It's just so many points. At some point, you know, there's some value there. Uh, it's, it's really, it's a stinker. Like I said, it's plug your nose and play. Or maybe I should call this the take the points and go to bed game, right? Because it's not going to be pretty to watch. Um being on pins and needles, seeing if an awful team can cover such a big number. And then the last one I got, the total for the day, I got there pretty easily yesterday with Creighton. Today I'm taking the under 132.5 in UC Irvine at UC San Diego. Uh, I think it's up to about 133 this morning. It doesn't make any sense to me. The model is 10 and 2 in the under edges for those two teams combined. I don't see any way that this game gets to 130 points. That's my best total. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters? I'm I'm riding this Liberty team. They're one of my favorites to go right now. They're playing at a, they're the best team on their side of the conference. I think it's divided east west, um, and so they're the best side of, of the east of that conference of the of the conference. And then the North Florida team is struggling. They they're having a rough go of it, and so I think Liberty covers this fairly easy ten to fifteen point range. Um, and then I really like this DePaul team. If they can ever get healthy, they are dangerous they're even they're dangerous when they're not healthy and minus four at home i think is a steal this butler team isn't as good as they looked and against marquette they tried to give away a 21 point lead 
at home. I don't think they can go on the road and do anything the same they did. And the way DePaul's guards are, it's so, so tough to put them away. And I think at the end of a game that the guards matter so much more in college basketball. So I think DePaul gets it done fairly easy. Yep, Are you yep. just an under guy today? Is that is that a thing? Did you make all just, under plays? No, 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 no. There's several overs. I've got uh, just glancing at my sheet here. I've got at least one, two, three, four. I've got at least five or six overs for sure. So it's a, it's just the ones we talked about. You know, uh, yeah. try to try to keep those mostly balanced, right? Uh, some people, some people are just only under, only over, right? But I, I got, I got, a, I got a good mix. Just not on this one. So if you, if you want to see all the overs, there are, they do exist. Go check those out in the Google Sheet. Uh, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder: check out that Google Sheet for picks and totals on all of today's games not covered in this episode. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We'll get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season and that live chat Q and A episode on Saturday mornings on YouTube. 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. We will see you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.